0: Today is Stay or Go Round Two, looking at the defensive side of things for the Chargers and whether players like Kaizir White and Uchenin Wosu should be back with the team in 2022.
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David And We've been covering the Chargers over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for checking us out today. And as always, thank you for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss a show, go subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. But on today's show, we have a ton to get into because I appreciated everyone's support yesterday with that stay or go around one and all the comments and everything we got for that. A lot of good discussion. And I think there's even more discussion on the defensive side of things for the Chargers because you have free agents like Uchenu Rosu, Kaiser White, and Justin Jones all headed into unrestricted free agency, and the Chargers will have some big decisions to make, and how many players do you want to bring back from a defense that was one of the worst in the league, right? But there's also some other guys that we have to get into, like Limbaugh-Joseph, like Chris Harris Jr., other big names, and we'll do our rapid-fire round at the end with guys like Christian Covington, Ty Long, and some more, but today's episode is brought to you by GetUpside, and with the GetUpside app, all you guys have to do is download the free app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. All right, David, well, it's Super Bowl week, and now it's time for us to discuss what the Chargers need to do to get to the big dance. And I think what you have to think about is which free agents they have to bring back first. I mean, that's the first thing coming up. That's the first thing on the docket for the offseason is figuring out which one of your internal free agents you want to bring back. And there's some big names on the defensive side, guys who have played key roles and ascending players. And I think that's the other thing, like Kazir White, Uchen Wosu. Ascending players, guys that are getting better. And I think it starts with Nwosu, just because we know how important edge rushers are. We also have a guy here who's 25 years old. That's it. After four season, yeah, after four seasons, 25 years old, but a uh, guy that also has, you know, five career sacks this year, or five sacks, and it's his career high this year, only 15 career sacks total for him. So you haven't gotten that production, but he did have such a late surge, and you don't really have a backup plan.
1: No, you don't. You don't have a lot of, you don't have a backup plan, and you don't really have anybody, honestly, including Lucena, that you feel comfortable that is going to be able to get after the quarterback by themselves without Joey Bosa on the field. And we've seen right. it on numerous occasions throughout his career with the Chargers that when Joey has gone down with, with an injury and they had to focus on just eliminating Lucena Nuosu, it wasn't really that difficult of a task for them, at least, you know, throughout the years. This year, I think, especially towards the end of the season, things were starting to click for Uchenna. It seemed like he was getting closer and closer to the quarterback. He was starting to make impact plays. You know, he was starting, you know, to get the ball back for his offense – he was really starting as things like, you know, it just it clicked. You saw it. You saw it out there. You saw it really kind of sink in. So I think there's a lot to, you know, a lot to like with Uchenna. I think, you know, he's peaking at the right time. Um, and he, like we said, you know, he's so, so young. So I think, you know, another year, another opportunity to grow in this defense, um, I think is only going to do wonders. And we know um, just – Hearing Brandon Staley and the Chargers organization speak about Uchenna is that this is a guy they really, really like and feel like fits perfectly in that type of defense. He's the the type of guy they're looking for.
0: Yeah, I think Tom Telesco's quote was like, there's nothing you don't like about him. And that's true because, he's you know, the last game of the season was a perfect representative, you know, of what he can do at his best. He was making plays in the running game. He was making plays as a pass rusher. And just the IQ, he started knocking down more passes. You know, he tipped a pass up to himself at the end of the year against the Kansas City Chiefs for an interception. Like, just those things, he finally seemed like he found his footing in that defense and the explosive plays started to come. But when he goes to get this contract, he doesn't have a lot to go off of as far as just proven production. After the right. bye week, he was much better. When you look at the advanced metrics and things like pass rush win rate, right, and some of those things, he was still up there. Quarterback knockdown, some of the things that aren't just sacks, he was right. performing pretty well. But he doesn't have a lot to go from on his career. Like right? only having 15 career sacks at the end of those four years is not a good bargaining chip when you're signing that next contract. And even though pressures and things like that are more important now than ever, and you don't have to necessarily get a high sack number, it's still used in negotiating and it's still going to be held against him for this next contract. So SportTrack has his projected market value around 12.1 million over five seasons. So that's a 60 plus million dollar contract over five years that's a lot and it compares it to leonard floyd's at four year 64 million matt judon's four year 54 million 13.6 average 16.6 average for floyd those are big numbers and he's definitely below that and they're slotting him below that but i still think 13.6 to 12 i mean that's not a big enough of a difference for a guy in matt judon who had 28 and a half sacks in his first four seasons and uchenna only had 15 right those are two different planets there are levels too and he wasn't the starter he was behind melvin ingram there's a lot of stuff like that but like Samson Ebukam is another guy. He had a two year, $12 million deal after his first four seasons. He had 14 sacks in those seasons. So you would think it would be closer to six than it would be to that 13.6 that you see with a guy like Matt Judon. Even Preston Smith was another comp they had on there. He had 24 and a half sacks over right. his first four seasons. Leonard Floyd didn't have a first good first four years. He still had more sacks than Uchenu Wosu did by four. And he still had to go sign a one-year deal with the Rams before he could cash in finally. So I think that's what's on the Charger side. If it does sniff that $12 million range, I don't know if you can do that because I just don't know. If you know you have the situation figured out correctly as the guy who's going to most help Joey Bosa on the opposite side.
1: Yeah, I mean, just from what you've seen so far, it hasn't really been enough. But obviously, this year, you're kind of going into this contract looking at what he can what he can do for you, what he it's can It's a projection. Project right what what he can project to do for you long term and like i said before i still think that chenna has a lot of tools that you feel like you can definitely utilize this is a guy who is physical who's not afraid to tackle he will set an edge for you he he can get after the quarterback he has some pass rush moves um, you know he is a smart smart player and like we said he th- you know things are starting to click for him it does seem like things are slowing down for sure but you know based off of the production that you have in the past I don't know how comfortable you can be throwing 10 to 12 million dollars at him per year. I just don't think that that's a contract that he's earned. If he comes to the table and and we're looking at 7 to 9 million dollars a year, I think that's definitely something I am a lot more comfortable with and if that is something he's comfortable with, I think a deal will get done very quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, like if you could do some sort of, you know, 3-year deal, even like a 2-year deal for maybe you know 17 million or you go three-year yeah. deal for like 26 million give him a chance to raise his stock and cash in again before he gets close yeah, to give, give me a 10 plus 25. sack season
1: give me a 10 well, plus yeah. sack season and then <laughs> let's come back to the negotiating table and we'll see about getting that number augmented
0: well and the price then goes way up but sure. if you have him locked up for three years and now he starts his as ascent, and he's putting up double digit sacks every year you know then right. you know maybe he wants to hold out because you know that's a good problem to have either way yeah but, yeah, I, th- I mean, it's a stay for both of us for sure. Yeah, it, it yeah, just, you just stay. don't know what that price is going to end up looking like. But this is a tough one, David, because we also have Limbaugh Joseph, who's 33, going on 34, obviously. And a guy who was still productive even at this point in his career, I thought Limbaugh Joseph, even though he did have some struggles this year, was still solid. And I think it's just, do you want to keep bringing another guy like this back, another aging veteran, after you assign him to that initial two-year deal? I don't necessarily think that the two-year deal he signed was bad. But I also don't know if I'd advocate for another deal for him at this point.
1: Yeah, I think that you know, Lindval Joseph was the guy that you thought he was going to be. He came in, he did his job. He he was physical in the running game. He was a hard object to move you knew what you were getting and you pretty much got what you paid for. I I think so. But I think at this point in in his career and just the state of the Chargers defensive line, I think they need to get younger. They need to get more disruptive and they need to get somebody who is not as much of a liability as a pass rusher. I, I think you need to get someone who has a little bit more in the tank as far as getting after the quarterback and stopping the run. I just think they need to change course on who they bring in on, on the defensive line. That is no slight to Linval Joseph. I think that he de- did everything that he was asked to do, but I think it is in the best interest for the Chargers to move on from Linval Joseph.
0: Yeah, I think for me, so it's I, a go. Yeah, it's a go. Uh, and he had a pretty, he's actually rated better as a pass rusher than he was a run defender, which is crazy just considering how that big is. the dude is uh but he was actually pretty high in as far as like run stop percentage when he's out there how many percentage of the downs end in a you know tackle of his on running downs right or when yeah. the opponents run the ball he was in the top third of the league. which at his age you will take especially with how bad the charge run defense was i mean that's not a figure that scares you off by any means but no. he was 72nd out of 81 defensive tackles in the average depth of target so he just isn't living in the backfield Deft like tackle, he was at yeah. one point right that the depth of tackle 3.3 yards down the field for a defensive tackle is pretty low down there out of the qualifying guys you know yeah, it
1: means you're getting driven back
0: yeah and it's just i think that that's part of the problem that you know feeds into the linebackers and so on and so forth right but yeah i think they just need to get a little bit younger there if they're going to go aging veteran i'd probably target someone like a hicks i you know yeah. i'd rather kick the tires on that and see if that Definitely. has more of an impact help the Chargers defense more at this point. But I do think that there's other guys that we have to get into, including Kaiser White, who I think also is maybe the second most interesting conversation on the defensive side as far as what is he going to make and how important is it for you to bring him back, considering the rest of the guys that you have at that position right now. So we're going to get into that. But I first have to tell you guys about the best app out there right now, an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or the Google Play Store, and you can be saving money today. And since you listen to this show, if you use the promo code to Touchdown, you can save 25 cents or more per gallon on your first fill up. That's promo code Touchdown, all caps, one word. I mean, especially if you're a food delivery driver, rideshare driver, I mean, you can save hundreds of dollars per year at the get up, with the GetUpside app. And I mean, who just doesn't want to save money on gas? Like, it's such a no-brainer. If you're taking anything off, it's definitely a good thing. And with the promo code Touchdown, 25 cents or more per gallon on that first fill-up. And there's no downside with GetUpside. You can get the money and the cash back right into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can also get it through Amazon and other big gift card brands as well. Save money every time you're at the pump and make sure to use the promo code Touchdown with the GetUpside app to get 25 cents or more per gallon on your first fill-up. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into a couple more guys here in Stay or Go. We had one stay and one go so far, but there's other big names on the Chargers' defense, including another ascending player in Kaiser White. And the thing is, it's hard with these guys. Is like you don't want a you know, Donald Butler situation where you're paying for their prime and then they ends up regressing, you know, to where <laughs> Donald Butler did. But at the scary. same time, you don't want to overpay for an off-ball linebacker with one. Really good year of production. And I loved what Kazir White did this year, especially since he was easily the Chargers' best linebacker. There's no question there. Oh, yeah. But the price tag is going to be important too, because I think in the grand scheme of things, Kazir White is an above average linebacker. But does he want to get paid like an elite linebacker? And for the Chargers, an above average linebacker has more value because of what the rest of behind him is, right? Because the uncertainty yeah. with your tranquil the you know, total struggles of Kenneth Murray, there's a lot there. So I think you're a little afraid that the Chargers will be like, oh, we have Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray, who we were still putting out there at the end of last season, right? And at the expense of someone in paying a Wright. So David, when you look at this contract, are you going stay or go on a big time piece for the Chargers defense?
1: Yeah, l- let me let me put this out here first and foremost. It's stay, okay. The, the Chargers don't have anyone else on on the roster that they, they can really trust. I don't think anyone doesn't linebacker.
0: want him to stay, though. I mean, I think it's just yeah. if people think that and the Chargers also, are going to be willing to pay him.
1: Yeah, and also let me d- d- dispel this. Although the Chargers drafted Kenneth Murray in the first round, they're not dumb and they're not blind, okay. The, they they saw the struggles that he had out there <laughs> this year. I think it doesn't it doesn't take a very sharp individual to be able to see that. It yeah, was he was still out day. there
0: in that last game after all the struggles leading up to it, and they were playing him in that last game as if they hadn't seen all the struggles at the expense of Kazir White, who they left on the sideline. I think well, that's hopefully- the reason here
1: hopefully they have the benefit of tape that they've been able to consume now on the entire season and realize that there is one very obvious sore spot out there in the middle of the defense, a guy who you were expecting to ferociously, you know, patrol sideline to sideline and you didn't get that player. And what that could have been for a myriad of different reasons, but I think that all only heightens the importance of bringing back a guy who has shown to excel in this defense that Brandon Staley has deployed. And you also got to think about the fact that they are going to add more guys that are going to fit more prototypically in the defense that Brandon Staley wants to operate. And I think when you already have one of those guys, then you want to keep him. So I think it's a stay for for Kaiser White for me. I think this is a guy, yes, he's only had one year of proven production, but I just don't know if you can afford to let him go with – the obvious deficiencies and issues at the linebacker position that are currently really kind of overtaking the chargers right now.
0: Yeah. I think the tough thing with the chargers, I mean, Brandon Steele, even in his time in Los Angeles, I mean, was benching dudes who were, you know, Drafted much higher in favor of other dudes that weren't right because they were playing yeah. better. But he seemed to have two serious blind spots in 2021. One is Jerry Tillery on running downs, right? Yeah, and the other one was Kenneth Murray, who he was still putting in at the end of the game and still saying he thinks he's their best man to man defender as a coverage linebacker when he's easily their worst coverage linebacker yeah. and their worst run defender. I mean, we were yeah. talking about Kazir White, you know, and what his percentages are. I mean, what his stats are. He's very, very good, especially if you compare him to Kenneth Murray. Because if you're talking about missed tackles, he was seventh best, had the seventh high or lowest missed tackle rate, which is great. And he, he was 38th out of 67th in average depth of tackle, which has to do with the defensive tackles as well, you know, and having them put into your lap because they're getting driven back. But when you're talking about Kenneth Murray, if you set the settings to any linebacker that had 100 run defense snaps in 2021, Kenneth Murray ranks 96th. Out of ninety-seven linebackers, an average hundred run average is
1: not a lot though either. I mean, that's what three games, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's, no,
0: yeah. no, way more than that. But it, it, that's with. I mean, Kenneth Murray was just over that. So that's where I had to put the threshold for okay. him to play. Obviously, he did not play all the games this season. But with all of the guys who had as many as Kenneth Murray had, over a hundred run defense snaps, there was ninety-seven linebackers that did it. His average depth of tackle was. The second worst out of nine seven, so that's Ooh. what I was trying to get out there. But I just think that it says a lot, but you don't have a lot behind Kazi White, right, right. which puts the pressure more on you. I think it is a stay, it'll be interesting to see what that contract looks like. But it's hard to imagine what that linebacking unit looks like if he's not there. I think that's the scary, yeah, part it's a nightmare it. scenario,
1: right? You can't yeah. bring
0: all these guys back, and you also have to. Think about, you know, are you able to add a bunch of other players? Do you had to bring in other talent in free agency if you're bringing all these guys back? So it's for easier sure. said than done. But this next guy, I think, is a pretty easy decision for the Chargers. And I'm not meaning that in a jaded way, but it's Chris Harris Jr. And this is a crazy stat for you, David. In the 11 game or 14 games that Chris Harris Jr. played, and he allowed 25 yards or less receiving in 11 of them. So only three games were he allowed more than 25 yards receiving. But I think we, I know uh, Chargers fans are also uh, ready to see Chris Harris Jr. go. Are you stay, saying stay or go to Chris Harris Jr.? I
1: was about to say, don't speak too glowingly about Chris Harris Jr., Daniel. You you might see some Chargers fans with some pitchforks and some flaming torches coming your way. But Those are just uh, the stats. It is. You know, the, the stats, the numbers are the numbers for sure. Black and white for sure. And for Chris Harris Jr. with the $5.5 million base and, you know, providing thirty-nine tackles, you know, six missed tackles, one interception, um, but a passer rating allowed of ninety-five point one and eleven point two yards per reception, and a lot of these type of looks where he throws his hands up and yells at somebody for being in the wrong position. But I, I just think that you need to get a lot younger, you need to get a lot more athletic, and that starts. Immediately at the cornerback position, um, I think you love the leadership, and you know, hey, Chris Harris Jr. is probably a Hall of Fame player. I mean, he's one of the best undrafted cornerbacks in NFL history. Yeah. No dis, you know, no disrespect to Chris Harris Jr., but the partnership, the uh, business, uh, you know, relationship between Chris Harris Jr. and the Chargers that that needs to come to an end.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I, I said that obviously, and I mean that is pretty surprising to hear. I think the thing that stood out with Chris Harris Jr. specifically is obviously just the big downs, the third downs, yeah. forward downs, where it seemed like he was getting picked on, and just certain situations where after the catch, guys are just running away from him because it looks Hell like yeah. he's running in quicksand. I mean, Chris yeah. Harris Jr. has lost a step. I mean, I, slot corner; it's not as important to be a speed guy necessarily, but you could definitely see it out there. And I think the Chargers had a shocking lack of speed on their defense this season and i just think that's something that has to improve you have to get younger you have to get better because even at the end of the day with what he did even if he was not as bad as many chargers fans think he was still missed over 13 percent of his tackles so that's a real big reason for the frustration and just too many times getting beat in big situations it seemed like he or tavon campbell which one of every one of them was out there for that week was the guy that was getting targeted and the guy you know contributing to be the Chargers being the worst third-down defense in the NFL. And, you know, it's all connected. The run defense is connected to yeah. the secondary. When it's third and fives, it's harder to stop, obviously, than when you're able to get those stops on early downs. But still, it just wasn't good enough from Chris Harris Jr. Obviously, a great career. guy I was super excited about when they signed him but I do think injuries slowed him down a little bit the last couple of years after he'd been so durable leading up to that and I think at this point the Chargers just need to invest in younger options and get deeper in the secondary altogether but there's some other guys like Justin Jones who was a pivotal part of the Chargers run defense and that almost seems like a joke when it comes out of my mouth and other guys we had to talk about in a rapid fire round of stay or go coming up Right after this, but first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march towards the playoffs with the big game coming up this weekend. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just football. BetOnline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real time updates of current games. I mean, there's a lot going on this weekend. One of the best weekends to bet right now because you have the UFC fights on Saturday, a championship fight coming up this weekend with Israel Adesanya. I'm excited about that. I'll be getting some money in on betonline.net. And then the big game on Sunday, of course, as you're going to your parties, make sure you have some action on the game because it's just going to make it that much better. And the best place to do it is with betonline.net. Betonline, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into a couple more guys here before our, you know, one more guy before our rapid fire round. And also make sure to check out all the Locked On podcasts that are at the Super Bowl this week for Super Week. Make sure you guys check out Locked On Rams, Locked On Bengals, and Locked On NFL. We're getting a bunch of great interviews on Radio Row right now at the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. But, David, I think we have to start here with Justin Jones. And... We had dropped the stats so many times, like the Chargers being like a full yard better in run defense when Justin Jones was on the field. You could tell even by the eye test this was his best season yet, but he did also have some injuries, and I think that throws a little bit of a wrinkle into whether you want to bring him back because he did miss a good amount of games over the last few seasons, right? missed 13 games over the last three seasons. This year, though, does have a career high with three sacks, but only has four and a half for his career. So when you're looking at Justin Jones, and obviously – a defensive tackle group that was much maligned, and a run defense that was much maligned. Are you saying stay or go?
1: Yeah, I definitely think he needs to go straight to the bank and check his account balance so he can see all the money that the Chargers are going to pay him. Uh, I do definitely think he's a – yeah, I just wanted to throw a little curveball there to mess with Daniel. But, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a stay here. Uh, I think he's an integral part of you know, a, a run defense that was obviously very, very bad, but noticeably better when he was on the football field. He just has that physical nature, that that presence, that attitude that you need in the middle of your defensive line. You need a guy who's going to be there to do the dirty work. And yeah, he doesn't get all the sexy you know pass rushing stats and the pressures and, and all that, but what he does is clear. It might not show up in the stat sheet all the time, but he makes an impact against the run. And I think if you put better players next to him, and behind him, I think you're going to get a better version of Justin Jones. But I think this is one of those key cog guys that you need to bring back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's tough because you need multiple players at that position, right? So it's how are you going to fill that. You're going to use it, high draft capital to bring in a new defensive tackle or you're going to go get a, you know, a key mix, B.J. Hill, right, in free agency, D.J. Jones, one of those guys, you know, and spend more money and get a younger guy. Somebody you feel better about. If that's the case and that's what they want to do, I would understand it if they wanted sure. to move. But I think it has to be multiple guys yeah. that have to come into this unit. I don't think Justin Jones was the problem, specifically on running downs. Even though if you look at his PFF grade, it was only average. I mean, you could definitely see how much better the charge run defense was with him out there. I think the problem is the injuries, but I also think that's going to lower the price tag on him as well. It, it's tough. I mean, I think if, it's, if you can – somehow swing some sort of you know three-year 15 million dollar deal or something like that for him i think that would be something i would absolutely be willing to bring back but if it's like getting closer to eight then it's going to be a lot harder to justify with the production that you've seen from him i do think he's another ascending player and for so long it was this is the year justin jones is going to break out and i think this is the closest thing you saw to a breakout season for him from him and i do think that especially in a group that wasn't great at stopping the run. I think you saw how much he stood out as you know one of those guys that it's like, all right, well, we don't need to keep a lot here. We need to add a lot to this. But that guy yeah. wasn't the problem in that regard. So Definitely I think not. he did play a lot better in and Staley's new scheme. I think that fit him well. I think he paid it off with a career season for him. But I do think you need more, and I just don't think you can rely only on him. Like, oh, he, yeah. he can't be your highest Definitely paid not. defensive tackle. You probably have to go out and get someone even better than him for yeah. that unit to be a lot better. And you can say that about a lot of positions on the Chargers defense. But in general, I think it's a stay for Justin Jones. I'm excited to see what he can do if they bring him back. And you can tell how much that dude cares about the team just when he's talking to any kind of you know press conference or anything like that. He's one of the dudes really has bought into Brandon Staley's philosophy. But, David, now it's time for the rapid-fire round because we have five more players to talk about here and not enough time to get into them. And I think it starts here with Kyler Fackrell, an edge rusher at the age of 30, David. What are the charges going to do with Kyler Fackrell? Stay or go?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think for Kyler Fackle, one one and a half million dollar contract. Not a lot of money, but he he another guy who was, was dealing with injuries. So uh, I, thought I, he was I, solid. Had, I think he was decent. Uh, I think it's not going to be a, a contract that's going to cost a lot of money. So I wouldn't mind bringing it back. I know, you know, this is a type of guy that Brandon Staley likes. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's back. So I'll, I'll go with stay.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, I think it's go for me just because you're not going to cut Chris Rump more than likely, right? So oh, how yeah. many edge rushers are going to keep? Because if it's the same four edge rushers and you're bringing back a and Wosu, I don't know if that group is good enough, right? And I and think, you know, what? where are you taking an edge rusher in the draft or something like that? So I would definitely say go, but it's not just because, he, you know, I didn't think he was a good player. I thought he was fine. I think it's crazy to think about the fact that through the first, you know, five, six weeks, him and Uchenna were like split time, and they were both playing about the same. Kyler Facker might have even been playing a little bit better, and then Uchenna turned it on later on in the season. But I do think it ends up being go, because I do think you. I want to add something to that unit. I want to see something added to that unit to upgrade it a little bit. Christian Covington, I think another solid depth piece for the Chargers, but nothing spectacular. Hard to say that he really improved your run defense, had a couple of big plays. Stay or go for you, David, on Christian Covington at age 28.
1: Yeah, Christian Covington was just okay for me. I mean, he was just another body as far as the rotation was concerned. So I he didn't provide anything spectacular. So I think it's a go for me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, okay is fine for a backup player. You know, I just think that the Chargers really – I mean, the biggest problem in the run defense was Jerry Taylor easily, right? So oh, yeah. Justin Jones obviously balances that out a little bit with his run defense prowess, right? But it still needs to add somebody. So if Christian Covington is like the fourth or fifth guy, I just would rather give that spot to someone like Braden Fehoko on a more full-time basis. If you're just going to be a depth player, a guy that's going to help against the run, I think Fajoko yeah. has shown at least, you know, in small samples that he can do that. For and sure. that he plays the run very well. So that's where I'd rather go with. Let's go to Trey Marshall, a guy that was brought in after some injuries to help out on special teams at first and then ended up getting on the field as a safety. So, David, Trey Marshall,
1: a defensive back, age 26. Stay or go? Go. He didn't provide anything spectacular. Unfortunately for, for him, he had nine tackles and he allowed seven receptions on nine targets, passer rating allowed of 118.8, 21.1 1 yards per reception. Uh, Yeah, no. Bye-bye.
0: David's just a, a ruthless, cold-hearted killer. These men have families. Yeah, Trey Marshall, I mean, it was a guy that had connections with Brandon Staley, so I understood them bringing him in. I don't think they ever, you know, thought he was going to get time at safety, or at least as much as he did, and it looked bad when he had to be out there. But I think that was just kind of a glaring spot on the Chargers roster that even going into the season, we said, hey, you're not very deep at safety considering Nazir Adderley and Duran James have both missed time in the past. And they were not. And that depth was tested and that depth was exposed at points of this season. I don't think Trey Marshall helped that. So I think it is a go for Trey Marshall. And it was more of a special teams player, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're bringing him in just for that. I don't know if he's that, you know, can separate himself that much just as a special teams player. But this is an important special teams player for the Chargers. And that is Ty Long, the punter, age 29 in April, former CFL player Ty Long, who's also kicked field goals in the absence of Michael Badgley for like nine weeks at one point which was pretty cool. But, David, I think this is a guy who is very in with the team, very much one of the guys, but also isn't potentially putting up the numbers you're seeing from the top punters around the league.
1: He's not. I mean, it's, it's really as simple as that. He's Stay or go. 45 on his punts, no directional kicking, um, a lot more short punts than long punts, at least that I can remember. So, honestly, I think this is a position the Chargers will should look to upgrade, and I think it's go for me. I think they need to cut ties with Ty Long.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just not, like, a lot of those moments where you remember somebody, like, downing the ball inside the five-yard line. Exactly. Like, I can't off the top of my Yeah, I mean, well, the, so that's a little different. I mean, it's tough because, like, the Chargers, once they get to midfield, it's like no one has any idea or any clue what they're going to do, but they're probably True. not going to punt. And that's a lot of the time when you're seeing guys pin teams back there. But, I mean, the coverage hasn't been great, which hurts his net punting average. But just the overall, you know, raw, gross punting statistics, he hasn't been anything special. He's near the bottom of the league as far as those stats go. If you can find someone that makes the punting position a weapon for you, I think that's the way you go. It'd be nice to have that as something Brandon Stigley and the coaching staff could use. Like, hey, you know, fourth and 12 here, but we're going to pin him on the three yard line, and that's going to be a lot better for us and help out our defense a little bit. You just weren't seeing a lot of that with Ty Long. The distance wasn't great, the, you know, just. Putting the ball inside the 20 or the 10 or the 5, David. Yeah, it, was, it yeah. wasn't great. Not a lot of memorable moments there. But I like him as a guy. Hope yeah. he can catch on somewhere. Wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back just because that seems to be what the Chargers do. But last one here, David, Ryan Smith, the guy who's brought in as a special teams specialist. Unfortunately, ended up getting hurt very early on in the season. Came back and then got hurt again. Stay or go for Ryan Smith.
1: Yeah, Ryan Smith only played 54 snaps on defense for the Chargers and only played in, in a couple of games, only parts of four games that you know, obviously dealt with injuries. And he um, wasn't meant to
0: be season. a corner for the Chargers really either, right. right? He was supposed to be a special teams ace. If he came back, he would be under the role of being a special teams ace.
1: Yeah, and I, I, the Chargers have one of the worst special teams units, even still, even with the gradual improvements that they made. So, And this guy didn't really even get an opportunity to make an impact no, he didn't. on the special teams unit. So uh, another low dollar amount guy, I, he doesn't really move the needle, the needle to me, you know, north or south. So I, I'm just super lukewarm on it. I, I guess I'll just go stay just because there's a possibility he can improve the, the special teams unit. But if he goes, I'm perfectly fine with that too.
0: I'm gonna say go. Um, I mean, I, he was meant to be a specialist, and as a gunner, he was really good leading up to it. I think with new special teams coordinator Ryan Ficken, you let him have the opportunity if he thinks there's a guy out there that can come in and make an impact as a gunner or just a pure special teams player, you know, in the like Kasim Osgood used to be for yeah. the Chargers or someone like that, where you just know he's gonna go down there and make plays or an anything. Right? Yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean, if you think there's something like that, let him go find that player. I'm sure he has connections and guys, maybe he could target for that. So I think it's a go for Brian Smith. But there's also, you know, a lot of guys out there in free agency outside of the Chargers that are going to potentially make a difference for them if they decide to make a splash signing. So we'll continue to get through to all of those things throughout free agency. And on tomorrow's show, guys, make sure you're back with us because it's fan mail Friday. So if you want to get involved, make sure to call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323 524-7924 524-7924 and try to keep it to about 30 to 45 seconds. That's a sweet spot. We will make sure we get that on for you. We'll also put a post out on Twitter at Lockdown L A C. And you can also tag me and David for a question at Dan Talk Sports for me and talk S D for david as always guys make sure you don't miss it go subscribe to the new locked on Chargers youtube channel so you can follow the show there and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from like apple podcast or spotify or wherever you get it from you can find the show there as well as our social media where you can find other links to it if it ever doesn't pop up for you but make sure to check out the locked on chargers instagram page at locked on chargers and our locked on chargers facebook page but make sure you guys are back here tomorrow with us for fame meal friday until then take it easy and go bolts